Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Train, Eat, Repeat podcast, episode number two. Um, And I just wanted to say very grateful, very thankful for all of you that did check out the first episode. And for those of you that haven't, uh, now you'll have another opportunity or way to find my podcast. Uh, It is now currently on iTunes podcasts as well. So if you just search Train, Eat, Repeat with a space in between each word, uh, you'll be able to find my podcast. Go ahead and subscribe if you find the information useful. And while you're there, I would very much like you to leave a uh, rating and a review. Um, So that way, this podcast can serve you the way it's meant to serve you and uh, make sure that you're getting the information that you want to hear. So what can you expect out of uh, episode two? So first thing we're going to cover today is we're actually going to sit down with Tony Reese. She is the store manager at Running Lab in Brighton. Uh, For the past five years, she's been outfitting numerous people with the right footwear and, and really getting down to why that's so important uh, when you go to do and start your workout programming. A lot of us are at home. A lot of us are doing home workouts. Some of us may have taken up running. And I want to make sure that we have the right equipment because while form may be paramount, the tools that you use are also paramount as well. We're also going to focus on pre- and post-workout nutrition, something that constantly got asked of me when I was in the gym or when I'm working with certain clients, and I just want to make sure that we boil down in simplicity what we need in order to fuel and recover our bodies before and after those workouts. And then lastly, uh, as many of you know uh, and have been dealing with, uh, is stress. And I want to make sure that we go over some tips and tricks that during these hard and uncertain times that we can sort of uh, use these tactics to reduce our stress load. Uh, everybody has stress, and even even when we're not in a pandemic, you'll have stress, but maybe it's just some things that you can utilize in your own life so that way you can de-stress. So before we jump into the, the topics, I, I want to make sure that I recap exactly what I was asking of you guys to do last time. And the first thing that we talked about last week was really around defining your why and using the SMART acronym, so specific, measurable, actionable, uh, realistic, and time-driven, to really nail down your why for your exercise goals or your fitness goals. And again, could be used for a goal even if it's not fitness-related, but we were talking specifically around fitness-related goals. But just asking you, did you put your why to the 5-why test, your goal to the 5-why test? Whatever the outcome, did you take time to think about it in the first place? If you didn't, I highly encourage you to take either that quiet time or any time that you have available to really try and get down to the nitty gritty as to why that goal is important for you. Keep flushing it out. The more that you get closer to finding that why, the more you're going to know where you're going and the more chance of you actually succeeding. Then we talked about in nutrition in terms of the basics, right? And talking about a palm of protein at each meal, we're talking about a cupped hand of starchier carbohydrates, we're talking about a fist or more of vegetables, and about a thumb of fat per meal. And we'll play a little bit into that that sort of method when we talk about your pre and post workout nutrition. So what did you do in this past week? Did you buy some higher quality meats? We talked about butcher box and how that is a really good way to get high quality 
quality meat delivered directly to you, especially during a time where there is a shortage of good quality meat and just meat in general with this pandemic. Maybe did you start looking at labels a little bit differently? Did you try to eliminate wheat out of your diet? Again, choose one or two things. Don't try to change everything overnight and see how you do. And I'm curious to also hear from you exactly what has worked for you. And so you can go to my website, traineatrepeat.co, send me an email. You can also leave it in the review for the podcast. I'm curious to see exactly and hear from you guys just exactly what changes you have made. Um, Because again, one small change is going to lead to a lifetime of habit change, which then will lead to positive results. Then we talked about in the last segment of last week's show around quiet time and why it's important to take maybe those first few hours, maybe even 30 minutes to really take stock in your life, take stock in what's going on around you. And a lot of that plays into some of the stress that we might be facing is that we're not taking that time to take things into perspective, whether that be journaling, whether that be praying, meditation. Did you take the time to go and try and do that. And again, I want to hear your feedback, what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you. I don't have all the answers, but I just know what has worked for myself and and clients alike. So make sure that you go through those three things. Again, there will always be those action items at the end of each show. And I am curious to hear from you exactly what has worked and what has not worked. So let's jump right into the the first segment of today's show. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this topic because I feel like it's something that I've witnessed in uh, the gym arena for years and years and years. Um, And again, we have to break down and get the fundamentals right first. So like in terms of form, in terms of make sure that we can get into a movement correctly. But I think a lot of times we put ourselves at a detriment when we don't necessarily have the right tools in order to do the right exercise. And what I'm talking about is footwear. So there are tons and tons and tons of footwear companies out there touting all the greatest things or maybe even just like the color of the shoe, um, which I've even fallen into and and it ended up being a, a really poor fitting shoe. And so what I wanted to do is arm you guys with the information in terms of why it's so important to have a correctly fitted shoe for the activity that you plan to do, whether that's going out and doing a marathon or you just need a shoe to be, feel comfortable in and walk in on a daily basis. Maybe you have a job where you're on your feet all the time. And to do all of that, I wanted to turn to one of the experts in the local area, uh, Tony Reese, who is the store manager at Running Fit Running Lab in uh, Brighton, Michigan. I want to make sure I say that right. Running Lab in Brighton, Michigan, just off of Main Street. And for the last five years, Tony has been uh, outfitting people all across the state uh, for the correct footwear. And more recently, just won the National Brooks Running Award for uh, Running Happy. Um, it's given to and it one individual each year for somebody who takes life as a glass half full approach. And so I asked Tony about the award, how she came to get it, and just how it made her feel. It's a a national award that's given out to independent run specialty shops. And so it goes to an employee who has a positive approach, who has uh, given towards the running community and fitness community and tried to be able to grow and uplift other people. So it was a huge honor and a big surprise. Uh, We were in Austin, Texas when I got the award and I was blown away. We had this really touching video that our run group had 
put together and they played it at this conference and uh, it's really beautiful. Reese said that the award meant so much to her because she really just loves to help people achieve their goals. And part of achieving those goals means that they get fitted for the right shoe. But how do they do that when there's just so many shoes out there and so many different places that tell you this is the right shoe for you? You know, you could do a lot of your own self-research and there's a lot of opinions online. Uh, people will say their favorite shoe is or this worked great for me. But I'm not you, Tyler. We're two different people and we probably need two different types of shoes based off of our needs. Um, a store like Running Lab has a lot of experts that have been trained to be able to analyze the biomechanics of somebody's body's movements. When, and, and what that means is being able to see how somebody's feet, knees, hips, how they move when they just walk and analyzing the walking gait and going, what type of shoe can help this person, whether it's running, walking or fitness, but then also listening to any kind of injury history and listening into everybody's goals. I would say for a store like ours at Running Lab or really any independent run specialty shop, all of the staff is trained really to know how to identify that right shoe based off of the customer's needs. And so it's, it's really important to be uh, professionally fitted for shoes, um, but then also go to the experts for advice. Um, it's free. It doesn't cost anything to give somebody advice, and it always is going to point you in the right direction towards the right gear that's going to help whatever needs you need it for. So what exactly does a shoe fitting process look like? Where do you even start? And as Reese says, the most important thing is the human element. <laughs> well, the first part for people is always to know their name. <laughs> you know, we're in the people business and in fitness, it's very emotional and personal. And so we want to be able to make people comfortable as possible. Uh, after that is understanding what are, they, what are they looking for? What's their need? Are they here for a shoe? Are they here for a different type of gear? Uh, once when they say they're here for a shoe, then we'll say, well, tell us what type of shoe you're looking for. And then that really opens up the customer to tell us their story. Is it for walking? Is it for running? Is this for work? just so then their feet don't hurt anymore? Or are they training for an incredible race? Or is it their first time running and they just don't know where to start? Um, being able to sit down, get to know that customer and understand their need, uh, then we can start our recommendations and really make it personalized for that person. So how exactly does the fitting process work? It's a little more involved than what you would think. Being fitted for shoes isn't somebody just measuring your foot in a Brannock device and then tying your shoes for you. It's being able to really listen to the customer's needs and provide that expert advice. So that's huge. Um, another thing that Running Lab does too is we have a treadmill in the back of our store. And we like having the uh, customer get on the treadmill, whether they're running or walking, um, do what they were planning on doing in those shoes on the treadmill. And we have a high-speed camera that we take a short video clip and then we replay that video clip in slow motion. And we can help analyze a couple things. One, ensure that the fit of the shoe is correct. The next thing we can do with that video is talk about running form. Is there anything in the running form that creates more impact, stress, or kind of negative energy output that we can help that person's performance. 
uh, whether they're running. We can even do that for walking too, being able to provide that advice to help people be faster, more comfortable, and hopefully avoid injury. And that's why it's so important to do a proper shoe fitting, not only to improve performance, but also to reduce pain. Yeah, I would say some detriments is the shoe just won't be the right shoe. What I commonly see is the shoe size is incorrect. A lot of people think I'm I'm doing something for my body to be physically fit and having black toenails or aching feet is a part of it. No pain, no gain. And that's not the that's not the fact at all. And a lot of times it's because whatever you have isn't fitting properly. Um, the next thing that I see is it's not the right type of support. Running shoes specifically are designed based off of levels of support. And the staff at Running Lab is trained to be able to identify the movement of the body to help recommend the right level of support. You may be under-supported, so then you're having aching arches and ankles. You might be over-supported, and then now your knees hurt. Um, so going off of reviews can help slightly, but again, like you had mentioned, you know, there's a lot of you know detriments you can run into if you're not properly fitted and you don't know what type of stability is right for you. So once I have the right shoe for my goals, how long do they last? Some shoes, depending on the cushion level, dictate the amount of, let's say, range the shoe will last. So typically a lighter weight shoe can last anywhere from 250 miles to, let's say, 350. Um, a mid-range cushion shoe could be, you know, 350 to 500. Same thing for a high cushion shoe. Uh, when you get past 500 miles on a shoe, then that shoe really, the support has expired. Um, you're going to start noticing there's some pains in your body. Pains that you felt when you were in an improper shoe, maybe your knee starts bothering you, maybe the inside of your foot hurts or the outside of your foot. Maybe after a workout or a run, you just feel extra achy, sore, or tired, and then you realize, oh, my shoe is doesn't have any support, doesn't have any cushion anymore. It's probably done. A lot of people want shoes to have more of a timeline expiration date, and the expiration on a shoe actually goes with how many miles you're in a shoe. So, you know, based off of workouts, if you know how many steps a workout has, then you might be able to figure out a ballpark range for uh, how many miles that is and how long that can last you. Passionate people, professional people, and obviously have the knowledge and the technology to get you fitted right. But I had to ask Tony, how has this COVID pandemic affected you and your team? And what pivots have you guys had to make? Wow, Tyler, we've done so many exciting things over the past month. We started um, how I mentioned how we do uh, in-person fittings. Of course, we can't do that right now because our stores closed. So we took it virtual. So uh, you can do a free virtual appointment online through runninglabstore.com. And you just make your appointment for whatever day and time works for you. One of our uh, sales experts will send you a Zoom link uh, for you to do a virtual fitting. Uh, we'll take you through the whole walking gait assessment. We'll look at the range of motion in your toes. Um, We'll even do a screen share to show you the right shoes from our inventory through our website. So then this way you have a couple options and you know what shoes would be the best for you. But we'll take you through the whole fit process like we would here in the store. 
Unfortunately, the only thing we can't do is a treadmill analysis. We don't have the equipment for that virtually yet. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can put something together in the future, but it's been uh, really exciting to be able to see these virtual appointments take off. And we're doing anywhere from three to five a day. So we're, we're selling out of our appointments every day. And it's been really exciting to be able to help people. And sometimes people just want to get on and ask for advice. It's not about shoes. Um, it's just, uh, I've been training and I'm experiencing this. What's your advice on that? Um, we're paying our staff to give this advice from home. And so even if you just want to bend someone's ear and get expert advice, feel free to go on there and uh, make an appointment. But it's been a really great service. Um, our online store also has been, you know, really busy just because people can't come in the store and shop. So everyone has been supporting our small business, which we really appreciate. And we've been really busy shipping things out of our store and sending them out to our customers. And then just last week, we started doing curbside. So if you don't want to wait for it to be delivered to your house, you can pull in from the store. And then our protected staff with face masks and gloves will run your um, product out to the car for you. And you don't even have to wait on the mailman to deliver it to your door anymore. Inspiring to hear that business still goes on for Running Lab, even though we are going through this pandemic. And there's ways that you can get in contact with them if you are interested in getting a fitting. Uh, online, our website is Running Lab. Store.com. Uh, our phone number here is uh, 810-225-9123. We always have somebody here in the store um, between the hours of 10 and 5, Monday through Saturday, and Sunday 12 to 4. So there's all, but always somebody here that can, you can talk to if you have any questions or need any advice. Um, our Facebook page is Running Lab Brayton. So if you want to check us out on Facebook, uh, we do all of our uh, updates and events and things like that uh, through our Facebook page. You know, we're we're working on planning on what events look like moving forward, if events are going to be virtual, uh, when we can start doing in-person events again. I know our store will definitely be open before our events uh, take place, but Facebook is definitely the place to find all of like our, our events and know firsthand the second we announce something. Again, can't thank Tony Reese enough for coming on the show and really giving us some of her expertise. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of uh, that interview with her and are you know, maybe even willing to to get fitted for your next shoe. And hopefully you'll head over to Running Lab in Brighton, Michigan. I've sent numerous of my clients over to them and they have just done a fantastic job. And, and just oh, and what I really like about them is that they just have that old school customer service, um, always a smile on their face, always willing to help out no matter how busy or or not busy they are. So uh, I want to thank Tony and the Running Lab team again. Make sure you head over to Brighton, Michigan, just off of Main Street. If you're local, if not, again, you can go online and get virtually fitted that Tony just talked about. So let's turn gears and, and sort of focus on nutrition. Last week, again, we talked about the basics, right? So we want to make sure that we are utilizing our hand as a tool in order to measure out our food. But then what happens when we have to prep ourselves for a workout and after workout? Your meals will look different uh, before and after a workout, and it will also look different depending on what your goal is. So I want to make sure I go over two facets. Number one, what a 
pre-exercise meal should look like, or even if you need a meal before an exercise or exercise bout, and then what your after meal should look like, and then the two differences that may change based off of what your goal is. So whether we're looking to gain muscle mass or we're looking to gain, or excuse me, lose body fat or lose weight. So off the get-go, your meal or what I would consider your anytime meal should consist primarily of a, a full amount of, of uh, nutrition. So what I mean by that is, is that you should have about a palm, palm and a half, maybe two palms of protein. Again, your, your amount is all going to depend on your body size, whether you're a male or a female. So for instance, women should have about a palm size serving of protein. Men should have about two palm size of serving of protein. Remember, protein helps with recovery, also helps with keeping ourselves more satiated. So we just want to make sure that we have that element. Okay, so palma protein, this is your anytime meal, which also could be one to two hours prior to your workout. You also want to make sure that you have a ton of vegetables, so about a fist size serving of vegetables. And then you also want to make sure that you have about a thumb of fat. And then you're going to have water or tea or coffee, um, something to give you a little bit of energy, a little bit of get get up and go. Um, and obviously make sure that we're hydrated for that workout as well. One to two hours is about appropriate amount of time for your body to be able to digest that food so that it can actually utilize that glucose, that blood sugar in your workouts. You can have a little bit of fruit if you like. I usually find that berries, again, are, are typically the best uh, simply because of their natural sugars. But again, just a small cupped hand. We still want to have more vegetables than fruit in our pre-workout meal. Now, pre-workout meals are going to be best if you know that the intensity of your workout is going to be higher. I put on Instagram a few weeks ago in terms of RPE or rate of perceived exertion, how hard it feels like you're going to be working and how throughout a week or in a program, you're going to vary your intensity. Well, if you know you're going to have a very low intensity, let's say, for instance, it's going to be a really low intensity run or a jog that you're going to do. You may not need to eat a full meal and wait one to two hours to go on that run because your body won't be demanding that much from you. The other benefit, and it shows in some studies that when we do have, let's say you have a cup of coffee in the morning, glass of water, and you go on your run, that any excess carbohydrates you still have stored in your body will actually get burned up pretty quickly, and then your body will start tapping into those fat stores. So it actually can be an efficient fat burner. On the other end of the spectrum, though, the times you'll want to have a meal is when you're going to be exercising at high intensity, where your body is going to use up those excess carbohydrates you have stored very quickly. And and the last thing I want to have happen to you guys is that you hit a wall in the middle of your workout. That's not going to help anybody. And then there's also that risk of, of injury and fatigue when you you know don't have enough energy. So again, pre-workout or your anytime meal, good serving of protein, carbohydrates, are going to come primarily from your vegetables, a little bit of fruit. We're going to leave your starchy carbohydrates for the after workout, and there's an explanation behind that. And then make sure that we have a thumb of fat one to two hours prior. Your after workout, drastically different. And what I've always taught my clients is that if you're going to have a your biggest meal of the day, have it directly after your workout with these major components. Because after a workout, you've just 
taxed your body. Your body is in sort of a, a, a catabolic mode going after as much fuel source as it can throughout your body. So we sort of need to refeed it. And what better way than having your biggest meal of the day? So what it should consist of, it's a little bit different than your anytime your pre-workout meal. We need to have huge size portion of protein. Okay, so a palm, palm and half, two palms. Again, the size of your plate is all going to be dependent on the size of the individual and also the sex of the individual, male or female. Then you're going to want to make sure that you have carbohydrates, mostly again from vegetables. This is where you can up your fruit intake a little bit because you did just uh, deplete your glucose store. So we need to get that blood sugar back up into normal levels. And then this is where you can actually have those starch, your carbohydrates. So your potatoes, your rice. Again, I still want you to stay away from wheat and gluten at all costs if you can. But this is where you can have about a cupped hand to a cup and a, to a cup of starchy carbohydrates. So that way the body can start to repair itself. What you'll notice I didn't say that you should have is fats. And the reason behind that is that fats slow the absorption of those proteins and carbohydrates, which means it's going to take longer to get into your bloodstream. So that way your body can utilize it more readily versus if you have a little bit of fat. Now I'm not saying that if you have a little bit of fat from an avocado, maybe let's say you you have the yolk of an egg that it, it's detrimental but if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty and, and really focus in on what we should be eating right after our workout to enhance recovery to ensure that we have enough energy for the rest of our day we want to make sure that we have good serving of protein fist or more of vegetables with a little bit of fruit and then adding in those starchier carbohydrates so those are the two main pre and post workout meals that you should be focusing on when you're looking to fuel for your workouts and also fuel for your recovery so you can bounce back. Now, two different uh, instances going on here and where you could see a difference in terms of what we're supposed to be eating. If your goal is muscle gain. So we're looking to gain some muscle mass. You may benefit from taking in some carbohydrates during and also after your workout. And more so carbohydrates in the form of a liquid. So that way your body does not have to process it. You don't get that upset stomach feeling. You're not going to get cramps as you're working out. But something like Let's just give an example, a Gatorade. Maybe not the best example, but if you know you're going to have a high-intensity workout and a lot of times paired with a branched-chain amino acid powder, okay, so something you mix easily into water, um, and what's good about that is that branched-chain amino acids are the building block of proteins, which means that it's probably going to keep your body from going after your muscle for fuel when those carbohydrates start to get depleted. And then... For further muscle gain, you're going to want to have more protein and carbohydrates after that workout as well. So you can pretty much follow the model of that post-workout meal, making sure that you have those starchy carbohydrates. Maybe you're going to have just a little bit more, but again, depends on your goal. And in this case, we're talking about muscle gain. If we're talking about weight loss, it's a little bit different. So again, depending on the rate of perceived exertion of that particular workout, you may want to have a little bit of branched chain amino acids for the actual workout itself, but then afterwards, that's the only time that you should be having those starchier carbohydrates. So sort of a rule of thumb, save your starches for after your workouts. And if you think about it, it's kind of almost a reward system as well. I worked out, so therefore I get to have that 
cupped hand of of rice or the cupped hand of potatoes, sweet potatoes, white potatoes. It's not a low carbohydrate diet. I would just say that it's more of a carbohydrate controlled diet. The majority of us eat way too many carbohydrates already anyway. So by adding in that reward system of having those little bit of carbohydrates after your workout and without overdoing it, that's going to allow you to reduce carbohydrate intake and a total boost nutrient intake because you're going to have more fruits and more vegetables. So to simplify things, just make sure that you take into consideration what you're having before your pre and post-workout meals. And then those meals differ and we might be adding a few things in based on our goals. So if our goal is muscle gain or our goal is weight loss, you're going to want to change those variables out so that way it, it's going to match what you're trying to accomplish. So let's shift gears and, and talk a little bit about stress. There's no doubt in my mind uh, this time of year, uh, the pandemic that we're going through, a lot of us are dealing with a, a considerable amount of stress. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're cooped up inside. We're having less and less uh face-to-face contact with individuals, which makes us feel good anyway when we see our family and our friends often. Uh, Zoom chat doesn't necessarily qualify, but it doesn't hurt either. So what are some ways that we can sort of de-stress during these times? And and one of the things that we can sort of point at is the things that increase uh, endorphins or release endorphins, which is a a feel-good hormone uh, that is released in the brain when certain activities are being done. And I would be hard pressed to say that, you know, one of the most important things that we just got done talking about is is just make sure that our nutrition stays on point. Uh, Almost go with the mindset, if you weren't eating that or if it's not your normal routine when if you weren't in a pandemic, you probably shouldn't be having it now. And that also will ensure that we can keep on track with our goals, whether that's muscle gain, weight loss, whatever you might be shooting for. And then these next pieces are, something that you can add in to sort of de-stress as well. The weather's starting to change. We're finally in May. We're heading towards, you know, spring and summer. Get outside. Get some vitamin D. And more so than anything, make sure that you are still moving and getting in that non-exercise activity, meaning like going on walks. If you have a dog, that's a perfect way. I know uh, my dog Griffin has been enjoying the three walks a day. Um, Hopefully he doesn't get used to that. But It's definitely a great way to reduce stress, especially if the sun is out, get out, get some fresh air. And then these other few tips too, um, and this all came from research and studies, but eat chocolate. Um, Just make sure it's dark chocolate, at least 80% cocoa, but that has been shown to release endorphins. And again, we're going to control our portion size. I'm not talking eat an entire chocolate bar, but have a little bit of chocolate. Uh, Peppers also... And especially hot peppers give you a similar effect as well. Those actually release mood-boosting endorphins. Laugh. I think we can all agree that we all feel better once we get a good laugh in. And so it might be a little bit hard with this social distancing. But again, go on to a Zoom chat. Call a friend maybe you haven't talked to in a long while. The more that you laugh, the more those mood-boosting endorphins will get released. I also have been utilizing Netflix to turn on some comedy specials. And it just feels good to let out that laugh when the rest of the world is talking about serious things and and things that, that stress us out. Exercise, of course, I'd be hard pressed if I didn't 
mention that, especially being on a train, eat, repeat podcast. But exercise uh, has been proven to release those endorphins, mood boosting endorphins, reduce depression. Uh, And again, it, it doesn't really matter what form of exercise that you're doing. You're going to get that effect from it. Uh, heart, have more sex, uh, plain and simple, no other better way to say it, but physical intimacy not only releases those mood boosting endorphins, but also releases feel good brain chemicals like oxytocin, uh, which people call the love hormone. That's what gives you that warm and fuzzy feeling. So physical intimacy, if you have the opportunity, uh, definitely is going to give you an an opportunity to reduce your stress level. Um, and then meditate, uh, goes right back to quiet time, making sure that you're taking time to take stock and, and just calm your mind. If you can do it outside, even better. And overall, do things that make you happy. Where it might be a little bit limited by the things that typically make us happy because some things are still shut down, but I'm pretty sure we can all find something in our lives that we love to do, and that should help us de-stress just a little bit, which we could always, uh, you know, do. Uh, Even when this pandemic is over and we start to return back to what is our new normal, I think that you'll find that, uh, you know, these de-stressing techniques can help you in the long run. So what I want you to take out of this entire episode and sort of the action items for you is, is just make sure that we have the right hardware. Make sure that you know, we're, we're focusing on form and we're focusing on learning new techniques, but making sure that you have the right equipment for the exercise or the fitness or the activity that you're going to do is super important. And I highly suggest that you go and see uh, Tony and her team at Running Lab in Brighton uh, to get fitted for your shoe or do a virtual fitting with them. I think it would be a fantastic investment in your health and also to help prevent uh, any further injury or ailment. Make sure, too, that you are taking into consideration what we're having before and after our workouts and if what you're eating is actually supporting your goals. So taking a look at that. And again, if you have further questions, you can uh, reach out to me um, online or through Instagram. And then lastly, let's just try to de-stress a little bit. Let's focus on the things that release those good feeling endorphins so that we can enjoy life as we're going through this struggle through this pandemic. And ultimately, I just want to make sure that you guys uh, are staying sane, (laughs) to put it simply. So before I I leave you guys, just want to leave you with uh, one thought and something that I I have been thinking about in terms of what is the sort of motto or or the the saying for for this podcast. Yes, training repeat is a way of life, but I I think what it boils down to, because I think it relates to the way I like to lead my life and, and where, you know, It could also help you in terms of a a mantra to sort of think about as you go throughout your day. And it's just three uh, distinct uh, parts. It's be humble, be kind, and work your ass off. Because at the end of the day, we should always remain humble. We know that the things that we're given in this life, we should be grateful for. And being humble means that You're not boastful. You're not going to brag, but you're just grateful that you have those things in your life. Be kind, plain and simple. A smile and and a kind word cost nothing. And so definitely during this time where if you turn on the news, you see all this negativity, just be kind to each other and then work your ass off 
Uh, plain and simple, there's no better way to put it. Uh, for the things that you want in this life, you're going to have to work your butt off, but I guarantee you it's going to be worth it. So next time, until next time, uh, make sure you guys take into consideration everything we talked about in this episode, and I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.